as Christians, you know, we we serve a bigger God, you know, and that's what she was talking about, like how big God is compared to our problems, you know. Uh, in the song, she was saying things like, you know, you're bigger than any marital problem. You're bigger than any broken home. You're bigger than our mistakes. Uh, the, she was saying that the stripes on your back make you bigger. Your blood makes you bigger. Your love makes you bigger. You overcome, you overcame, and, and that makes you bigger. You know, and these, these are very true words, you know, that she's singing, you know, and, and so I really relate with the song because uh, it's really a sermon in there, you know, that I'm, I'm considering, but, you know, just about how big God is, you know, uh, and our God is indeed bigger than any situation, and I want us to always remember that, that he's bigger than any circumstance you may face or any problem. And uh, so the encouragement in this today is that you or we should uh, praise the Lord uh, God and and not just praise him. You know, saying after we we've gotten out of a situation, but we ought to learn to one praise them while we're in the middle of the situation. But we also need to remember to praise him in advance. You know, and uh, when when I was in Vegas, that's one of the things that God poured in into me. My praises, uh, 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 what was it, Amanda? My praises before your. Before your provisions. Amen. So we we have to learn to praise God in advance, you know, and praise him in advance for, like I said, the victories and situations and and thank him. You know, thank the Lord for the miracles in advance. You know, what happens is when we learn to praise God in advance of a situation, we start just giving God praise on a daily basis and thanking him for stuff that we don't even know that's going to come up, stuff that we don't know that's going to happen. We say, Lord, thank you for the health. Thank you for keeping me healthy. Thank you for keeping me strong. Thank you for keeping me, you know what I'm saying, with a roof over my head. Thank you for keeping me with food in my stomach. Thank you for, you know, providing and being there. You know, what happens is when situations come up and we get in the middle of a storm where, you know, maybe uh, it ain't as much food on the table and we may not, you know, see with the physical where that next meal is going to come from. But because we've already praised God for the situation in advance, he's already working it out. And we may not know where that where that uh, blessing is going to come from, but it's, it's going to come. And so you, you're not doing uh, you're not playing catch up. You know, you're you're um, kind of um, building up a stockpile of praises, and so um, you know the thing is, uh, we we should praise him in advance. And when we praise God in advance, you're saying uh, to your problems that you're not big enough to make me stop praising. You're not big enough. My problems aren't big enough to make me stop praising God. Sure, they may be causing me some discomfort. And no, I may not like how uh, the situation, you know, is playing out and how it's making me feel. And maybe, yeah, there's some pain involved in this and it's it's pretty intense. But Jesus Christ is still bigger than all of that. 
You know, God is still bigger than anything that I may incur and come up against. You know, my God is bigger. He's bigger than than whatever it is that I see with these natural eyes. Because when I learn to start looking with my faith eyes, I see that my God is able to take care of it all, you know. And so we we may go to God and, and we, we may say, you know, Lord, my my um you know, my car is giving me troubles and and uh that I can't afford and my best friend has betrayed me and on top of that I have bills that I don't know how I'm gonna pay. But God, you're still bigger than all of that. See, there's power in praising God in advance. See, saints of God, we need to praise God whether or not we have what we want. And we have to praise God when we need, uh, well, we need to praise God him for his wonderful sacrifices, whether we got what we want or not, because we know that he loves us and he's providing for us. So today I encourage you to take a stand wherever you're uh, with, whatever you're facing. And I assure you, it's not bigger than Jesus Christ. Whatever you're going through can't be bigger than the Lord because he is almighty. He is all powerful. Uh, in the book of Acts in chapter 16, Paul and Saul is they um, they were sitting in prison. Right. Locked up like in the inner part of prison. So like it was these multiple levels. Right. And so Paul and Silas, they're like not just in jail. They're in the jail inside of jail. Kind of think of it like solitary. They're like really, really locked up. And they didn't focus on the guards. They didn't focus on the bars. They didn't focus on the chains or the fact that they were in this uncomfortable position. Their focus was still on God. And if you look at Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, it says, but at midnight, and you got to remember, we're all going to get in those midnight situations. We're all, we're all going to get in those late night hour situations. And what happens is, it, uh, again, it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. You know, they locked up and they're chained up in inside the prison, inside the prison, in solitaire, you know, and they're they're you know, when they chain you up, they don't just like put you in handcuffs and throw you in there. Like they stretch you out and stuff like they got you in weird positions. They're making you uncomfortable. You know, it's 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 kind of miserable. And they're praying and they're singing while they're in there to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And then the Bible says suddenly. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains was loose. Right. Now, let us be on one accord right now and pray together that as we praise and thank God in advance for whatever situation we may be going through, whatever circumstances may be, you know, saying kind of plague in our lives right now. That each of us will experience a suddenly moment in our situation where things begin to turn around. All right. So if you would just pray with me for a minute. Dear God Almighty, ruler of all the universe, creator of all. You are divine in all your ways. 
God, we join you with the choir in heaven who sings, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Your word in Revelations verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 12 says, In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So, Father, our hearts cry out today in praise and adoration. We pray for every person. Well, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. And in agreement, we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Because by your stripes, we are healed. We are made whole in our bodies. We are made whole in our emotions. We are made whole in our mind in our spirit, and in our soul, by your stripes. Thank you in advance, Lord, for that breakthrough, for opening that door of opportunity. God, we thank you for pouring out your most wonderful and divine blessings from the windows of heaven. God, we praise you in advance that our cups run over with favor and blessings from above. You are God Almighty, and we praise you in advance for restoring our marriages. We praise you in advance for rebuilding broken relationships, for mending broken homes, for putting broken hearts back together. To each and every person who's listening in faith and in, in agreement with this prayer, Understand that Deuteronomy 28 verse 12 says the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land and it sees and in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Father God, right now, we praise you. And we thank you for the for this promise that in Deuteronomy 28 and Lord, we open our hearts to receive your word, to receive your promises. God, we thank you for blessing the work of our hands. We thank you for making us lenders to many nations and not borrowers. Father, you are a God who is bigger than what our eyes can see on this earth. Our eyes may see things that make us feel upset or discouraged, but our faith, it sees a God who can lift us up from the pit of despair. Our faith sees a God who can place us on high and steady ground. You, Jesus, are bigger than financial problems. You're bigger than debt. You're bigger than money. You're bigger than riches of silver and gold on this earth. Our natural eyes may see the lack. However, our faith sees the provider. Our natural eyes may see the disease, but our faith sees the healer. Our natural eyes may see danger, but our faith sees our protector, who is Jesus Christ. 
So, Lord, today we praise you. I praise you because my Bible says that you're a God who is able to do exceedingly above all things that I could ever ask or think. And for that, God, you are worthy to be praised. Even while we stand in faith, expecting, believing, and hoping in you to work miracles in our lives, we give you all praise to you for filling us with your love and your mercy. God, your grace is amazing, and you are indeed an awesome wonder. Father, in Psalm 150, verse 2, it says, Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. So, King Jesus, we praise you right now for your greatness. Lord, we pray that you will forever be the affection of our heart. God, you are worth all of our thanks and our worship. It is you, Lord, that has made us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. God, we thank you for calling us out of the darkness and into your marvelous and glorious light. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And Father, we trust you with all that we have. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Pray that you guys keep that tattooed on your heart as you go throughout you know, your days and weeks that we serve a God that is bigger than any situation, than any problem, than any notice we get in the mail, than, than any, you know, flat tire or, or whatever. You know, we serve a bigger God that is not only bigger, but he loves us enough to use that bigness uh, in response to our situations. So we've already prayed uh, when we just had a nice little prayer. So we're going to get right into our scripture uh, for today, which is uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. And we're going to look at verses uh, five through eight. And those of you who have the, uh, the app downloaded, you probably already got the notification about uh, our scripture for the day. Um, the title uh, for our scripture is Who Will You Trust With What You Treasure? Who Will You Trust With What You Treasure? That's a title and that's a question. For you to ponder as well. But let us go ahead and um, look at Jeremiah 17. I'm going to read these few verses here. Beginning at verse 5. 
It says, this is what the Lord says. And uh, today I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Amen. God had a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. Here we see Jeremiah contrasts two kinds of people. And real news, real news alert here, people, real news. In reality, there are only these two kinds of people in the world. There are those who trust in human beings and those who trust in the Lord. That's what you got. Either you're going to trust in man or you're going to trust in God. The people of Judah, right? Because that's, that's who uh, Jeremiah was talking to. Give you a little bit of background. The people of Judah, uh, what was going on, they were trusting in false gods and their military alliances instead of trusting in God. And because of this, they were barren and unfruitful. And in contrast to their condition, God sent Jeremiah to remind them that those who trust in the Lord flourish like trees planted along the riverside. Some of you guys may uh, hear that planted by the river and, and think of uh, Psalms chapter one, right? Because that's what uh, Psalms chapter one says. If uh, which is one of my uh, favorite Psalms in the Bible is the, that very first one. I'm going to read that to you guys real quick. Psalms chapter one. Uh, yeah, chapter one. It says, "How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sits in the company of mockers." Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instructions, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaves does not wither. Rather, he does whatever he does prospers. Some translations will say, uh, instead of streams, it will say river, river bay. In times of trouble, 
Those who trust in human beings will be impoverished and spiritually weak. You, you, you're not going to have much to, to draw on if all you're drawn on is your fellow man, your neighbor, your best friend, your girlfriend. You know, hey, you know, keep me uplifted, you know, keep me happy, you know, give me joy. Like, you know, they're trying to figure it out themselves. It's not going to get you there. You're going to be spiritually weak because you're not tapping in to God. You're not tapping in to the Holy Spirit. You're not tapping in to an almighty, powerful God. So therefore, they'll have no strength to draw on. However, those who trust in the Lord will have a never-ending abundance of strength to draw on. And not only enough for their needs, but even more than enough for the needs of others. Have you ever run across that that person where it's like, you know, you coming to them and it's like, okay, I got this going on, I got that going on, and you know what I'm saying, uh, yeah, life is just crazy right now. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, and I got this going on. But they're like, you know, not worried about their situation. They're happy, they're exuberant, you know, and that that good positive feeling is just kind of pouring over onto you. That's because they're tapping into God. They're not depending on man. They're not looking at somebody at some human being, you know, to like give them the answers and the solutions for life. They're they're going to God with what they need. They're trusting in God for their needs to provide. You know, life is going to hit us all with something. And it's like, where are you going to go with that something? You guys, I'm going to ask you to ask yourselves this question and don't yell out anything. (laughs) But just ask yourselves this uh, as we go throughout this sermon. And I'm not going to keep you guys here long, I promise you that. But ask yourself... Are you satisfied with being unfruitful? Do you like the well-nourished tree that's planted by the riverside? Do you have enough strength for your times of crises and a reserve to share with others in their times of crises so that you are a fruitful tree, that you're bearing good fruit, as the Bible says. Because the thing is, in Matthew 17, the Bible says that, you know, God will uh, cut off every unfruitful tree. Like, if you're not bearing fruit, you know, you're going to be plucked from the garden and, you know, thrown into the fire because it's like you're taking up space. And I want to tell you guys that there are three main areas of our lives that we either learn to place our trust in God or we're going to place our trust in ourselves or in man or whatever else. There's three main areas that we need to learn how to place our trust in the God for. 
And if we get these three areas covered, our whole lives is covered. Like we're we're good. So the first one is our relations. We need to learn to trust God in our relations. That is our family, our children, our marriage, our work, and our friends. You can. The second one is our resources, our time, our talent, and our tithe. And the third one is ourselves, our healing, our protection, our provision, and salvation. These three areas we need to learn how to trust God in. And I'm going to break these three down. And I'm going to show you how to place your trust in God in each one of these areas. Because when we learn how to start putting our trust in God for these things, our lives become a whole lot easier. It's not saying that, you know, the problems aren't going to come. It's not saying that you're going to be on easy road. But what it's saying is you're going to have access to the power, to the strength, to what you need to get through the situation. What it's saying is that God will often lead you to the answers for these situations as they come up. So let's deal with relations. Our family. A lot of us have ongoing grudges with loved ones. People we're not even talking to no more. You know, sisters and and cousins and, you know, uh, brothers and, you know, just aunts and uncles that like, yeah, I ain't talking to them no more. And, you know, I'm done with them and I'm writing them off and, you know, everything else. Why? Because we're not putting God in the middle of our families. We're not keeping God at the center of our relations. So instead of you know, like getting angry, if we go to God and we go to his word, we will find out in Ephesians chapter six that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against wickedness, principalities in high places. It's not the one that you see with your fleshly eyes that you're actually having the issue with. But we have to learn to keep God in the middle of all of these areas here. And we'll, he'll bring to our remembrance these scriptures so we can be able to look at, you know, Uncle Bobo and say, you know what? I ain't even finna go there with you. I love you, you know, and I know that the enemy's using you right now. So I'm going to go and pray for you. Matter of fact, would you like to pray with me, you know, so that we can have a calm conversation about whatever it is that's going on. That we can get past whatever this is. Because I try and tell people all the time that life is short. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. While you're sitting there being mad and angry at your loved one, you know, you or them may get called home very soon. Amen. And you may not have time to rectify that situation while you're sitting there like, oh, well, you know what? I'll talk to them next week or, you know, I'll talk to her, you know, when I see her on the, on the passing you know, you, that opportunity may never come. 
But we have to keep God in the middle of these relationships. We have to, you know, take these things to the cross. I named our children. A lot of us have disobedient children. We have unruly children. We have children that don't know God. And that's on us. That's a big one. Because the word tells us that we're supposed to sit down and talk with our kids about God, teach our children about God so that they know who God is, so that when they get to our place, they're not having to learn how to deal and trust in God in these three areas. Because if we raise them up in the way of the Lord, they won't depart from it when they get older. They may stray a little bit, but they're going to come back. They're going to know how to trust in God. When when the tough really get going, they're going to know, you know what, I'm out of place. And so we have to spend time pouring into our children what didn't probably get poured into us, which is that we ought to put our trust into God. The next one I name our marriages. A lot of us have crumbling marriages or we're in unevenly yoked relationships. Why? Because we never went to God and said, hey, is this the person that I need to be with? Even before you said I do, you never talked to God about this person. You never said, hey, you know what? They look cute, God. What do you think? God like, yeah, I don't look at the outside. I look at the inside. And that one right there is ugly. We got to go to God. And those of us who already did say I do, we still got to go to God and make God the third person in our relationship. Stop making your best friend, your homeboy, the third person in your relationship. Because they ain't really got your best interests in mind. They really don't know how to maintain a relationship like God do. God been doing this since forever. He been loving since forever. God is love. So why wouldn't you want God in the middle of your marriage, in the middle of your relationship? Because he's going to be the one that's going to show you how to love the person that you're married to. Or he's going to show you who to get yoked up with. We have to learn to trust in God. And because we're not trusting in God for these different situations... We're having problems. Work. We're stuck in a dead-end job. Our boss or our co-workers are actively trying to get rid of us. Why? Because we didn't go to God and we ain't bringing him with us. Okay? Either, one, you ain't got a job and you're looking for a job. Lord, help me find the right job. A job where I'm happy at, I'm satisfied being there, and I enjoy getting up and going to do it. Two, if I already have a job, Lord, go before me every single day. Walk through the office door, the the, the factory door, the, the, the restaurant door, whatever, wherever it is you work at. Walk before me, Lord. And clear out any negativity that might be in there so I can have a peaceful day at work. Lord, go before me and uh, 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 
my enemies, Lord. Put them under my feet. Lord, you said you would make me the head and not the tail. I've been having a lot of tellish days, Lord. I'm ready to be the head. I need you to go before me and deal with the things that aren't going right. We got to go to God and trust him to handle it. We got to truly put our trust in God and not just say, oh, you know, God, you know, do this, this and that. And then we go and, and still getting in the way and doing every, whatever it is we ain't supposed to be doing. Same things with our friends. A lot of us have friends that don't mean you no good. And the only reason they're there is just to siphon off your resources. They don't mean you no good. Ain't got no well being nothing for you just like, ah, what can I get out of this person? How can I sabotage them? You, 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 you spend the whole day with them, you know what I'm saying? And the next day you off to work and they going and they telling, you know what I'm saying? Everybody around town about your business and what's going on. They don't care. You know, it's not your friend. You know, they always got their hand out, but they ain't never, you know what I'm saying? Like reciprocating, uh, like nothing. We got to take those things to God. We got to take our relations to God and we got to trust him when he says, you know what, you need to get away from this person. Or, you know what, you need to get a little closer to that person. We got to listen to God and then we got to learn to be obedient. That's what trusting God is all about is being obedient. When we learn how to be obedient to God and let him direct our path that we should go down because he's going to lead us down paths of righteousness. And it's not for you. It's for him. It's so that he can get the glory. Sister Nika just had a baby. Glory, hallelujah. We prayed over her. Why? And when we prayed, we said what? So that God can get the glory in what happened. The doctors was worried about her having this baby. We wasn't. We was trusting in God because he got the glory. He made, look, that little baby, beautiful little girl. Born, no problems. Nika, home, no complications. Why? God. We trusted in him for it. We put it in his hands and we were, all right. Like, that's trust. Our resources. This is the biggest problem we have right here. All of us, our resources. We do not Want to trust God with our resources. We refuse to trust God with our resources. Nah, I can't do that. Our time. That is like, hey, yeah, you know. Mm -mm. It's my day off. I didn't work hard all week. A lot of us. And I'm going to tell you guys something before I get into our resources. Our resources are meant to be dedicated to God because he provides our resources. All of that, he provides it. You don't have today, you only have today because he rolls you up. There's a lot of people that didn't wake up today. There's a lot of people that did not wake up today. You only have your time because God provided it. And a lot of us are walking around with a lot of unmanaged time that we hoard to ourselves. 
Oh, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy. I got too much going on. But you got time for the nonsense. You can keep up with what's going on in the world. You can keep up with what's going on with the housewives of Hollywood and, you know what I'm saying, the Seahawks and the Bills and, you know what I'm saying, the Bulls and the Celtics and, you know what I'm saying, the Marlins. You can keep up with all the worldly stuff. But you don't got five minutes to pray. You don't have 10 minutes to read some scripture. You don't have 20 minutes to study, to get on the phone with another fellow believer and say, hey, let's go over this scripture and get an understanding. Let me, uh, you know what, I'm going to go to Bible study. I'm going to get up, I'm going to get up just an hour earlier and come in the church and have some morning Sunday school or Saturday school or Saturday Bible study. It's study. It don't matter. You know, our time is too pressured on. Oh, no, I'm too tired. But we got time for everything else. But when it comes to the things of God, we want to hoard our time. And if we just simply started real small, and I'm going to tell you guys, this is how I started really, really small. I started reading my Bible between commercials. Commercial come on, I read a couple of lines, and then, oh, okay, show back on. Read a couple, oh, show back on. Next thing you know, I was ignoring the show, and I was engulfed in the word. We can find the time. We, can, we, we got the time. God's given it to us, but we got to use it for him. It's, it should be dedicated back to him. What are we doing for God? We expect him to do everything for us, but what are we doing for him? Our talent. A lot of us have unhomed skills and abilities that are being wasted. We know how to do certain things. We got, we got certain skills, certain natural abilities that God has poured into us. And are we using it for the kingdom? No. We sit on it. We, we let it go by the wayside. But God gave us those abilities. He's gave us those skills so that we could do some kingdom building. So that we could build up his kingdom and bring other people to Christ. That's what it's all about. It's for us to go out and introduce somebody else to Christ and say, hey, you know what? You don't have to die an eternal death. You can have life everlasting because God loves you and he does not want you to perish. I don't care what your skill is, what your talent is, you can use it to build up the kingdom in some type of way. I promise you, you can. Because that's the only reason you got it. Not so that, you know, you can get attention that, oh, look how beautiful my singing voice is. La, la, la. Like, no, it's not for you to get glory and praise because you got a beautiful singing voice. It's for God to get that glory and praise because he gave you that talent. And the scripture for all of this that I'm saying, but I don't want to drag you, uh, you know, in here longer than what we need to be. But God gives us these talents for him. Our tithe. This is the 
I say this one for the last one because this is the big one. Everybody like, ah, okay, here goes the money. Look, only reason I stuck at this particular body, this church here, because Matt, Pastor Mac was never on salary. He didn't get paid. It wasn't about like, oh, how much money can I get for the people to put in my pocket? I'm not on salary. I don't get paid. I'm not trying to get y'all money so I can go and buy me a Cadillac or anything else. No, it's not what it's about. And tithes is not just about money. Everybody think when you say you get to talk about tithes and everybody go, oh, money, you know, it takes money to live. Yeah, that's true. But real quick, I'm, I'm going to read this one. I'm going to read this one. Go to Malachi. Go to Malachi chapter three real quick. This is. This is uh, last book of the Old Testament. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. We're going to start right there. Since the days of your father, you have turned from my statutes. In other words, you stop obeying me. You have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Look, God says, come on back. And I tell y'all this all the time. God is so good that even though he can sit there and say, okay, you get yourself together and you come meet me and, you know, we can go from there. God says, you know what? Every step you take towards me to get back to me, I'm going to take a step towards you. God's willing to meet us halfway. He's not going to make you come. He could. And rightfully so he could. But he's willing to meet you halfway. He says, return to me and I'll return to you. Let's continue. On. He's, he's, he goes on and he says, yet you ask, how can we return? God says, well, a man robbed God, yet you are robbing me. How do we rob you, you ask? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions, you are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. What does that mean, Pastor? What that mean is a lot of the problems you having right now is self-caused, self-inflicted because you're not doing what it is God requires you to do. You think that you this don't apply to you? Jesus said, I didn't come to get rid of the Old Testament. I didn't come to get rid of the law. He said, I came to fulfill it. Yeah, this still applies to you. That's why your Bible has the Old Testament in it. Because it's still applicable. But anyway, moving on. We're going through some curses and some stuff. And again, that's a whole nother sermon. Says uh, the whole nation are still robbing me. Verse 10. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse. So listen. So that there may be food in my house. It's hungry people out here on the street right now. Earlier uh, in the service, I read to you the list of stuff that's needed. And I, I told you, you know, how like people out there feeding them, you know, the time ain't just about, you know, putting the dollar in the, in the box. No, it's about food. It's about clothes. It's about gas. It's about hair products, soap, toothpaste, et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. You know, people got other needs. Our tithing can simply be counseling with somebody. Like my mom was talking about. He, how he spends 30, you know, hours a week, you know, counseling with people. That's tithing. Because people need someone that they can counsel with. That's going to give them good advice. 
that's going to give them, and I hope, and I'm praying, <laughs> that somewhere along in there, he's giving them some scriptural advice, because that's the advice that we all need, <laughs> and we know, <laughs> I'm keep praying <laughs> on that one. <laughs> keep praying on that one. <laughs> Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, our tithe is so much, it's so much more than, you know, just the monetary, you know, aspect of it. And we got to get into a place where we start bringing the tithes back into the storehouse because there used to be a time that people didn't go to Uncle Sam and say, hey, give me some food stamps and, you know, saying uh, some free money to pay my bills and this and that. And that time is, is slowly coming back around. You better listen to the Republicans. There was a time when people came to the church house and said, hey, you know, uh, I need some help. I, I, I need a little bit of assistance. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, Pastor. You know, and the church would give people work to do. The church was the one that provided because that's how God set things up. He didn't set it up for the government to take care of his people. No, he set his church up, us, to take care of his people. I ain't going to be the dead horse. Our last one, ourselves, us. This is another big one that we have a problem with trusting in God for those things. Our healing. We'll go and talk to the doctor about a runny nose but won't never say nothing to God about it. Won't mention a word to him about it. Got a broke arm. Doctor, can you put a cast on it? Won't say a word to God about it. I sprung my ankle. Won't say a word to God, but you're going to tell everybody else. Man, I was doing some track. I was like three miles in. I was getting it finally. And, you know, carpet monster got me and, you know, I sprained my ankle. So I'm down for a little bit. But, you know, you got one of them ace bandages. You ain't never went and said nothing to God about it. But the word tells us by his stripes we're healed. We got to stand on the promises of God. We got to take these things to God and say, Lord, yeah, I know that they got some aspirin in here for my headache. But I also want to let you know about what's going on with me. Because, you know, I, I really don't like these headaches. Whatever it is. God wants to hear about what's going on with you. God ain't no, 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 like, snobbish God where he like, you know, I ain't got time for that. Like, he, he really cares if you got a snuffy nose. He cares if you sprung your ankle. Take it to him. Stand on the promises of God. These promises aren't in here for no reason. There's healing with our God. There's healing that's available from God. Protection. Here's another thing that we have to learn to trust in God for. We'll pay ADT. Geico, Smith & Wesson, all of them. But we have to learn how to first trust God. 
we're going to pay these companies to put a security system on the house to insure the car, you know, get us a cold piece of steel. But we won't even think of praying over our homes, praying over our vehicles, praying over our children, our spouses, our bosses that's actively trying to, you know, get us fired. Pray over these people. Pray about that. That's where your help comes from. It's from God. Who's the greatest protector of all? It's God. The Lord of heaven's armies. You know, people come talking mess. You be like you and what army? Be like me and the Lord of armies. That's what army. <laughs> like, come on with it. What you got? I got the Lord of, of army, the Lord of Heaven's armies on my side. What you got? ADT, Smith and Wesson. Come on with it. I'm good. But we have to learn to trust in God first. We got to put our trust in Him. Completely put our trust in Him. Provision. That's another one. We'll stand in line at the food bank before we even think of standing on the promises of God. We'll borrow an outfit to wear, but won't remind the father what he said in his word. You'll lend to many nations, but not be a borrower. Father, you said I'll be a lender, not a borrower. I ain't got, you know what I'm saying, the right outfit to wear for this job interview. I need some assistance, and I don't want to go borrow from nobody. You promised me that I would be a lender, not a borrower. God going to make a way. But we got to truly trust in him for that. The Bible says that the double minded, uh, double minded person ain't going to get nothing because you wishy-washy. You know, yeah, maybe God will, maybe he won't. You know, let me let me text them real quick just just in case God don't come through. Like, really? God like, all right, no, get, go ahead and borrow that then. We got to really trust in God for these stuff. We can't be wishy-washy on it. He will provide. And our salvation. This is a huge one. This is so huge. This is like this. I tell you guys every week, this is the whole reason why we do this thing. We'll come to church week in, week out, over and over and over, but won't put our trust in God. And I mean, not just like, you know, saying it, lip service. I mean, really put our trust in God. I mean, fully. We won't trust him enough to be obedient. We won't trust him enough to let go and let him do it. We won't trust him enough to mature in Christ, get off of the milk and get onto some meat in the word. We keep going over the basics because we ain't trusting in God with our time. We ain't trusting in him for our salvation. So we're going over the basics over and over and over and again, and you're getting bored of it because you're like, yeah, I heard that. Okay. But you can't deal with the heavier stuff because you ain't trusting in God to move you past the milk 
Like it's some stuff in here I would really love to share with you guys and discuss and have conversations about and all that. But man, you got to get on some meat because there's some deep stuff and it's heavy. And I'm going to tell you, when God start opening up the word and revealing stuff to you, you're going to have like some amazing like, woo, you, you ain't had a feeling like that. And I don't even know how to describe it. But when God opens his word up and reveals a truth to you inside of his word, it's like, OK, the words are right there. I've been reading them for years. But wait a minute. I, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> like, whew, I cannot tell you, like God be pouring stuff into me and like I'd be elated. I don't I don't like I can't think of the words. But we have to trust in God for it. God will not be mocked. We can't give God lip service. We can't just say like, you know, yeah, I trust you and I have faith in you. Like God knows. God searches the inner man, the inner person. Like he knows what's really going on in. We can lie to each other. We cannot lie to God. We can try to lie to ourselves. We cannot lie to God. God knows what's really going on on the inside of us. He knows what's, you know what I'm saying, in the number one position in your life. He knows how much you really trust and believe. And if it ain't 100% completely, I'm willing to walk over the edge and not worry about falling. God knows. I tell you guys this story all the time because it's so true. We spent three years in the desert. I didn't know how my bills was going to get paid, but I trusted in God and I said, I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever happens, happens. God, I'm giving it to you. Three years, he made sure bills got paid. Maybe didn't have enough to go eating out and, you know, going to the movies and all this other stuff all the time. Sometimes he did give a little bit, but I guarantee you, and I promise you, every single month, bills were paid. Because I put my complete 100% trust in God. I ain't finna worry about it. I ain't finna give that one gray hair to it. I'm finna stand on the promises of God. Matthew chapter 6. Look, he knows what I need. He knows what I need. He will provide. Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. He knows what I need. I'm going to stand on that promise, and I'm not even going to worry about it. And God showed up. So if we think we got to fool God and, and slip on paths and get inside the pearly gates, we got another thing coming. We got to put our complete 100% trust in God that he is able, that he loves us, that what he said in his word is true. He will provide. He will make a way out of no way. So I'm going to wrap up here. And I'm going to tell you guys. You know, one last thing right here. I want to read this last one to you and we're going to get we're going to go on here, get up out of here. This is the whole thing for salvation. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you, you have yet to, you know, uh, 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 make him Lord of your life. Here's what the word says. Here is the promise 
for your salvation. It says on uh, uh, Romans chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, that's simply opening up your mouth and saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. Personally, you are Lord. And then it says, if you believe, not wishy-washy, but believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Here's the promise. You will, not maybe, not, you know, Sam, he'll think about, you will be saved. Watch this. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture says everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Some translations may say it a little bit different, like everyone who trusts in him will not be put to shame. And that's all we got to do is put our trust in him. And if we learn how to put our trust in him for our relations, for our resources, and for ourselves, life gets a lot easier. So again, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're desiring to do so, you can simply bow your head, say this prayer with me, and uh, reach out to us, call us, email us, come by the uh, church, uh, and we'll begin to work with you on uh, further steps for salvation. But Father God, Lord, we come to you right now just thanking you for being who you are, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you didn't give up on me. I thank you, Father God, that you sent your son to the cross for my sins, for what I did. He died. So, Father God, I would like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Lord, I do believe that you raised him for the, from the dead, being the first of many. And by doing so, Lord, you will also raise me. Death has been defeated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Very simple prayer. And you're on your way to salvation. You're on your way to heaven. If you found this message encouraging, we ask that you just reach out, let us know, share this message on Facebook, YouTube, you know, wherever you're watching it. You know, maybe someone else would be encouraged by it. Pour into the ministry, sow into this ministry. It takes money to live, you know. We got to pay the bills. You can go onto the app or you can go onto our website and under the giving tab, uh, a drop down will come and you can even portion out where you want your money to go. Where you want your tithing to go to. We thank you for joining us today. And if the Lord says the same, we'll be back next week at 11 o'clock. This Tuesday, we'll have Bible study at 4 o'clock. You're welcome to come out and join that. Uh, that's an in, in, in-person live uh, deal we do. We don't stream that. Uh, so you're welcome to come out and join that. Invite somebody uh, for next week or share the stream. But uh, we thank you. We uh, 
bless you. We pray that God would bless you and that you would be encouraged in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, always. Amen.